0: Welcome to another episode of Bay Sports Talk with Rob. I am your host, Robert Hunter. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about the San Francisco Giants. Last season was a was a pretty rough one for us, to say the least. Um, there's been a lot going on this offseason, a lot of rumors, a lot of things happening, a lot of criticism for Farhan Zaidi and the Giants owners in general as well as the entire front office and the lack of getting stars last year it was aaron judge that we fell short on this year it was shohei otani and yamamoto the pitcher from japan that we essentially came up short on uh, which were the two biggest free agents Um, they got killed after they both signed with the dodgers and you know after farhad made his comments about not being outbid just to come out it wasn't really about the money they both kind of wanted to go to la to begin with but we definitely have an issue i think with top stars not wanting to sign here there's been a lot of speculation that it has to do with the city in a whole um it has to do with the owners you know, there's a lot of reasons why. Uh, personally, I, I don't think it's it's been beat to death in the media on why they're not signing with us, and I just don't think we should talk about it right now. I mean, we had opportunities with Carlos Correa, but there was the thing that popped up in his medical evaluations, which, after hearing how the Mets didn't want to go through with it either, I'm um, kind of in agreement with it. I think we kind of dodged a bullet on that one. Um, He was healthy this year, but I just think for the cost of the money, I don't think he showed enough to warrant that. Now, moving forward, do I feel that we could bring in some top free agents? I do. And I think this season is gonna be huge for us. We have to show that we're gonna be competitive I don't think we necessarily have to go four in the playoffs, but just show that fight and that show that we're constantly improving, that players are getting better, that we're not just doing these, you know, six different positional rotations that we've been doing under Gabe Kapler and Farhan in the past. Because a lot of top free agents don't want to come here and not know their role. They want to play every day. You know, I've read online a lot about some batters you know, complaining that they're not playing against left-handed and right-handed batters because their weaknesses is let's say right-handed batters, and the complaint is, is how am I gonna get better against right-handed batters if I'm not giving the opportunities to face right-handed batters? Um, I think that tuning doesn't necessarily work. I get the analytics, and you know, there's some people that it works for them, and it makes sense. But at the same time, a lot of this game is about feel. Now, I could be wrong. I don't know in depth. I, don't, You know, I'm not smart enough to go through the analytics and no stats on stats on stats and all that stuff. I just that's not my forte. It never has been. And it, it probably never will. But anyways, enough about that nonsense. Pitchers and catchers are officially reporting February 15th. Today's February 14th, so that's tomorrow. Position players are going to be reporting February 20th. So, spring training is right around the corner. So, a few things that I want to get into are the players that are no longer on the team, whether it's free agency or that we traded as well as the free agent additions and what I see from them and what I think, uh, as long as some projections and just the kind of players that they've been in the past and what I see them doing for us. But before I get into the players, I think a big thing is Gabe Kapler's gone. He's not the head coach for us anymore. Why did I say head coach? He's not the manager anymore. (laughs) Sorry, I got football in the brain from the Super Bowl. But anyways, Gabe Kapler is gone. He's no longer the manager. They bring in Bob Melvin from the Padres, which I think is a great hire. I feel like he's a, you know, player's coach. He's going to be able to control everybody, you know, lay down the law. He's kind of an older school type of manager, and I think that's exactly what we needed. Also, I love the fact that the Giants brought in Dusty Baker to be a special assistant role. You know, it's kind of a homecoming for him. He was the Giants manager for 10 seasons from 1993 to 2002. He won three Manager of the Year awards throughout his tenure, and he also led us to a World Series appearance in 2002. Now, the 2002 World Series was kind of a nightmare um, and that's why he was let go but you know he's been around the organization for a long time you know he holds a special place in a lot of the San Francisco Giants fans heart and I think it's going to be major I think it's also going to help landing free agents in the same time as just having him around and that knowledge I think is just amazing now getting down to the players that left to other teams during free agency you have pitcher Sean Mania pitcher Alex Wood Relief pitcher John Brebia, relief pitcher Jacob Junis, and DH slash outfielder Jock Peterson. Now, also, Brandon Crawford is no longer on the team, but he's not signed yet, which, you know, as a veteran role player, bench player, you know, I wouldn't mind having him back. But not as a starter anymore. He's just not. We need to go younger and he's just not what he used to be. Um, I would love him in the clubhouse for the team, though. But anyways, we also trade away Mitch Haniger, Anthony Discafani, and Ross Stripling. Now those three people, Haniger, Anthony, and Stripling, we didn't necessarily get anything back for him. But that's not really what's important. Those contracts were not good. They were big overpay, lack of production, and you know the trades were more about just getting off those contracts. The return was pretty much irrelevant, if I'm being honest. So the first free agent addition I want to talk about is pitcher Jordan Hicks. Last year as a reliever, he got three wins, nine losses, an ERA of 3.29 with 12 saves and 81 strikeouts, pitching a total of 65.7 innings. However, the issue is, and the controversy around this signing, is that The Giants are committed to using Hicks as a conventional starter in 2024. He'll start the year stretched out to five innings or about 75 pitches as a starter. They're bringing him in not to be a reliever. Now, the questionable decision about that is he's never pitched more than 77 innings in a single season. And durability exactly hasn't been his strong suit. So it's a bit of risk turning him into a starter. He'll also be on an innings limit in his first year with San Francisco which will hurt his stats and projections but hopefully will keep him healthy. But Hicks he throws as hard as anyone in the major leagues. Last year he had career highs in strikeouts and a strikeout rate of 28.4% in the 65 relief innings for the Cardinals and the Blue Jays last year. Now, pitching half of his games in San Francisco will help his stats since it is such a pitcher-friendly park, but it's definitely gonna come with the risks. You know, he's pitched 212 games altogether in his career in the major league. All of those games, but eight has come as a reliever. Now, in those starting games, he has not won a game And he has not pitched well. Almost a 6.00 ERA. Now, here is the good news. If it's really not working out as a starter for the Giants... At the All-Star break, the Giants will get back Alex Cobb, who's going to be out for the first half of the year with a hip injury, and Robbie Ray, who they just traded for from the Mariners, who's coming back from Tommy John, who's expected a return after the All-Star break. Meaning that they can easily just move Hicks back to a reliever position and we have another hard-throwing reliever to go along with Camino Duvall. So how I'm kind of looking at this pickup of Jordan Hicks for the Giants is kind of a win-win. A win, if he performs well and is a starter, then great. We got a great starter, pretty cheap, based on how hard he throws and his age and all that. At worst case, we have a great relief pitcher in a bullpen. So I think it's kind of a win-win in that situation. Now, there are, of course, risks of injury just because he's never pitched more than 77 innings. So there's the risk involved. But at the same time, I think it's worth taking a shot. Now, the next free agent I'm going to talk about was the big acquisition, the big time free agency signing from the beginning of free agency for the Giants, Jung Ho Lee. Now, I'm just going to call him Lee just for easier purposes so I don't mispronounce and disrespect the man's name. Um, As a center fielder last year, fielding percentage-wise, he had a .992 fielding percentage with 10 errors in seven years. Last year alone... He had a fielding percentage of 0.995 with only one error. That's better than all three of the National League Gold Glove winners last year. So he's bringing amazing defense to the center field position and is going to hold that down for the years to come. As his seven years as a hitter in the KBO, the Korean Baseball Organization, he had a career average of 0.340 and an OBS of 0.898. Now, last year he had an average of .318 and an OPS of .860. Now, based on his last year stats, his OBS would have been good for 16th best in the National League. Now, of course, his stats aren't going to be the same in Major League Baseball as they are in the KBO, just because the stats out there don't translate the same to the game out here. It's pitched a lot of different. It just the whole gameplay is a little different than here than out there. So you're going to not see quite as good, but his projections right now have him hitting 289 and an OPS of 777, adding 11 home runs and 61 RBIs. Now, he is going to be the leadoff batter. Which I think is going to be huge because he's going to get on a base a lot and he's got decent speed. He's not going to steal a lot of bases, but he's going to get a lot of from first to third on singles and, you know, line drives and all that kind of stuff. So he's going to be moving around. Um, Not only that, he has a 9% strikeout rate projection, which is projected to be the second lowest rate in all of the major league. He doesn't strike out a lot. That's one of the big things, he is a hitter through and through. He can hit all around the outfield. He's not gonna bring you a lot of power, but that's not his game. What I'm hoping for is that he turns into a Ichiro light in ways, where he's hitting a lot of hits, doubles, triples, you know, getting on base a lot and giving the Giants two through four opportunities to drive him in. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying he's going to be Ichiro, but just that type of player, that getting on base, getting hits, you know, that kind of player. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love if he turned out to be Ichiro, but just like I said, that type of player that gets on base, that gives opportunities for the players behind him to drive him in and get more runs, because that's something the Giants lacked drastically last year was run support. I mean, we could look at Logan Webb ranking in the top three of the Cy Young Awards, and he had no run support. So I think having a great leadoff hitter could only do great things. So I'm really hoping that it does pan out. Now, next on my list is Jorge Solar. Now, he's the type of power profile batter that the Giants have lacked. The 2023 lineup ranked 19th in the majors in home runs, 24th in runs scored, 28th in average, 24th in on-base percentage, and 27th in slugging. I think Jorge is going to be a massive upgrade at DH for them. You know, right now, he's projected to hit anywhere from 30 to 37 home runs and drive in 80 to 90 RBIs. Now, we haven't had a 30 home run season from a player since Barry Bonds in 2004 let me say that again we haven't had a 30 home run season since Barry Bonds in 2004 on top of that from 2022 and 2023 we've only had two 20 home run hitters in the lineup one each season 2022, It was Jock Peterson with 23. And last year, Wilmer Flores with 23. So having somebody in the lineup that can produce 30 home runs would just as a fan perspective, from my perspective, would just be exciting. It would give us, you know, a reason to go to the stadium, go to the games. Because last year, we didn't really have anything to get excited about. There wasn't any real players to get excited about. Last year, our best player was Wilmer Flores. Now, don't get me wrong, I love Wilmer Flores, and he's incredible. You know, he's, he's been good for us, but he's not somebody the fans are going to come out to see. He's a great piece, but he's not a franchise-type player. So having Jorge in the three or four hole, I think, and then Lee leading off, I think is just going to be a great combination, as well as having a full year from Tyro Estrada, as well as a full year of Patrick Bailey, who I think is going to have a a good year. His defense is already top notch, but I think his offense is going to really take a step up. And he's going to improve his batting average. Now, how much is going to improve? I'm not really sure. Um, It's kind of hard to tell. He was kind of streaky at times last year. But I see an improvement heading his way, definitely. I mean, his defense is only going to get better, which is insane because he was already a gold glove candidate. Um, On top of that, I just see the team performing a lot better overall this year than I did last year. Now, the final free agency pickup that I'm going to discuss right now is a player who I think is going to end up being a very underrated move. I think he's got great potential, and I'm just a fan of his overall since he first came into the league. Amir Garrett. He's a left-handed ground ball relief pitcher, which is something I believe the Giants need. I've been a fan of his since, you know, his Cincinnati days he's got a 26.4% strikeout rate, as well as a 44.8% ground ball rate over his career. You know, he's had a few down years recently, but also with pitching in two hitter-friendly parks in Cincinnati and Kansas City, that kind of messes up the stats a little bit. I think coming over to San Francisco and playing at Oracle Park, I think it's going to help him just being a ground ball pitcher, as well as having a a higher strike rate he throws a fastball a sinker and a slider his fastball right now is averaging around 95 for what I'm seeing um, he had his best years in Cincinnati 2018 to 2020 3.60 ERA 156 appearances you know 30.2 percent strikeout rates in that time frame and keeping his walks down to 11.6 percent He also earned 49 holds in that time frame as well, which is pretty good. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do. Um, He signed a minor league deal with a spring training invite. So we'll end up seeing what happens with him and what he's able to do during his opportunities that he's gonna get this spring training. So overall, just based on everybody who the Giants have brought in, it's safe to say to me that I'm actually looking forward to this season. Um, I am a little concerned that it's just not enough in the lineup. Um, there are some rumors going around about, you know, Matt Chapman, Cody Bellinger as two, you know, good hitters that we could bring in. But I just don't know. I You know, Cody Bellinger kind of scares me. I just don't think he would do as well as we would hope and that what he would cost to pay. You know, he's been kind of up and down through his career. And at this point, I would just rather play the younger guys. You know, this season isn't going to be a championship year or a deep playoff run. You know, I kind of think we're starting a rebuild now, and I think we're starting to embrace that. So I think by seeing what Ramos can do, Matos can do I would just much rather play them than I would Bellinger Uh, Matt Chapman on the other hand I do like the idea of him at third base um, but I'm also not fully ready to pay him that much now don't get me wrong his defense is top tier but his hitting isn't what I would expect from a player who's going to be getting $25 million a year. Because right now that's about what they're asking for is the five years for 125 or four for 100 And honestly, I just think it's kind of a little bit of an overpay. I'd rather wait until next season and get somebody for a little bit more money that's just going to bring more power and more hitting to the lineup than what matt chapman is going to bring and like i said as far as bellinger goes i just don't see just the cost of what he is i just think there's much better options next year than overpaying for bellinger who will end up regretting in two years down the line you know and owing him 150 million dollars just does not make sense so if we're not going to bring in chapman though I do think that we have to play Casey Smith at third. Um, Between him and J.D. Davis, I think is an okay, you know, third base. You're not gonna get, you know, all-star type numbers, but I do wanna see what Casey Smith can develop into. You know, he was kind of up and down last year. His defense was good, his hitting was all over the place. But I see the flashes in him. And I'd rather, you know, him play this year than us to give the money to Chapman. And if we get Chapman, essentially, that's going to throw away Casey Smith, because I don't know how we play him. Um, He's not really a defensive shortstop, and that's also going to be Luciano's spot. So then do you not play Luciano or you rotate with him and Schmidt as short I just don't like I said I like I told you guys in the beginning I'm not really a fan of the platoon and rotating in and out of guys I think you need to stick with somebody every day and let him develop especially at that age but who knows we're just gonna have to wait and see how the season unfolds you know I'm just like I said told you guys before I'm really excited for this year uh, we do, however, the one thing that I have to say is we need another starter. That is one thing that I kind of beat the drum about. With Robbie Ray and Alex Cobb both being out until the All-Star break, we need someone else to step in. Now, for me, I've got two possibilities. First of all, the rumors of Blake Snell. I think that's an awful fit. He just gives me Zito vibes. I think we're gonna regret his contract. He doesn't pitch long enough into games for the amount of money he's asking for. So I definitely think we'll end up regretting that. The person that I'm really curious how they play is Carson Wizenhunt. I'm excited to see how he's developed. Maybe he can get some games in the spring training and see if he can jump into that, into the rotation until Robbie Ray and Cobb come back. And who knows? He might end up staying in the rotation. Uh, One of the free agents that I am looking at is Brad Keller. He last played for the Royals last year. I think he'd be a really good fit on this team, you know, as a back-end starter, or a long reliever, um, he'd come cheap. Now, the only real question is, would he be willing to take on a lesser role or is he looking to be a solidified starter you know, all year? Um, if he's willing to bring on that lesser role, then I think he'd be fantastic coming to a pitcher-friendly part. So once again, ladies and gentlemen, we are at that time. It is the end of this podcast episode with Bay Sports Talk with Rob. I am your host, Robert Hunter. Uh, Today's episode, quick recap, has been strictly about the San Francisco Giants. If you're still here listening, I appreciate you. And I'm thankful for you spending your time with me. So on that note, I just want to say if you have any questions, comments, feedback... Or things you want to ask me that I can talk about on another future episode, feel free to reach out to me at base sports talk with Rob at outlook.com. You could also find me on Facebook at base sports talk with Rob. I could also be found on Twitter, aka X, Twitter, same thing, base sports talk with Rob at Baseport W. Rob. Go ahead and give me a like, follow, subscribe. I am on all podcasts iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Amazon, or anywhere else you can find your podcast. And on that note, just remember sports don't build character, they reveal it.